Hey, Octavio, welcome here. Mike Bennett. It's good to be here good together. To be here with you, man. Yeah, recording this conversation. Yeah. You might uh, tell from my shirt that I, I just came from our uh, Granville Chapel VBS. Everybody can tell from your shirt. Yeah. So People I've just are like, been, what's uh, up with Mike right at now? At the park, running around with children, feeling normal and, and good and in the sunshine. It's like, feels like there's no more pandemic. But getting the cardio, we're, getting, we're getting the 10. to the end. It's, yeah. it felt, it felt <laughs> really good, actually. That is, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. man. Got to enjoy good. that. I wanted to, as we're gathering to sort of do this sermon and discussion together, I wanted to ask a little bit about you. You've been with us for about four years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you believe four it? Four years, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing here and who you are. Okay. So my name is Octavio Fernandez y Mostajo. I'm 35 and I'm single. Like, I'm, wow. I'm completely, <laughs> utterly married to Yare Vargas. You know Yare. We know Yare wife, from the worship singer. team. You know my baby boy, Dominic. Yeah, he was uh, born here, right? He, he's a Vancouverite. He's two yeah. years old. He is beautifully and utterly nuts, but he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just graduated from Regent College. Hey, with congratulations. A, yeah, with a master's. And I've been... Um, Sometimes a drummer at Granville Chapel as well. Yeah. You've seen me a little bit, yes. Well, welcoming you in here, I wanted to tap into some of that uh, that masterful knowledge. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're diving deep into Deuteronomy, as we heard last week, and yeah. he has introduced us to this series about how to look forward to what what we what are we reopening? What's the future? Mm -hmm. And so I love how Andy introduced us to some of these themes of fear. What was this helping people deal with their fear? Because I think a lot of us have lived in that. How could we not, right? Yeah. And the, and Almost the same two years. when we exactly when we think of future, um, he helped us think too about it's like we can't know the future. Everyone's trying and writing books about the future, mm. but we know who's in the future, and I think yeah. that's so critical. And Scripture always points us there. So as we look to Deuteronomy, I, as we were chatting, I thought of sort of just bringing people back into the story. Mm. And though we're reading about people uh, in Exodus, it's so interesting to realize that we're likely reading this account being written much later, written by the people of Israel who had much later been taken into captivity, mm -hmm. into Babylon, and their leaders are writing this for them as a retelling, as a mm -hmm. remembering of reorientation because they're wondering like god what how did we get yeah, here yeah are have you abandoned us yeah, right? slaves again like uh, yeah the, like what's up yeah exactly yeah. and so they're a hurting and wounded people they're mm. feeling lost uh, they've literally lost home culture language mm. uh, they're really disoriented and probably asking similar questions that the whole world might be asking right mm. now during covid yeah um yeah definitely. so I, I we we've heard the passage read, and I sort of wanted to ask you, Octavio, what do you think are some of the big universal truths that God uh, is wanting His people to know um, that we see here in Deuteronomy? I, I I think some of the things like from from the passage, like the important things that happen is uh, God asks them to remember. Hmm. Remember, I think mainly two things: one, their experience at Sinai, at Horeb, and then what happened at Horeb. So first first is like what you saw. And, and the thing is, the only one that got what happened, like what, what got what really happened at, at Horeb was Moses. 
The rest is heard noises and thunder and saw light and trembling and everybody was shaking. Mountains on fire. Yeah, mountains on fire. They know God was there. Mm. They didn't understand what was happening, but they definitely felt it for days. And, and God asks them, like Moses is telling them, remember what you saw. Remember. And God knows they didn't get it. But the experience was so powerful. Like, don't know what happened, but God was there. And, and then Moses uh, came down with, 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 the, with the two tablets, right? With yep. the Ten Commandments. And then it goes the point of remember uh, what I gave you after that shocking experience. There was something. I, I gave you something. Remember that. Remember uh, what, what came out, out of it, the Ten Commandments, Torah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think you said something, too, about the way God gave it. He could have sent it from on high, but how did he give it? T totally. Like, he could have just sent an angel and give it to them, but God said, like, no, I'm going to give this to them in person. And the other thing was that's super interesting is that he didn't wait for the, for the tabernacle to be ready in order to show up or give them Torah. Right. He did it at a regular place. Like in Sinai, Horeb wasn't a special mountain. It was just a mountain, not even a, like a huge uh, a mountain. It was just like a regular mountain. God decided to show up at a regular place and give them one of the most special things Israel had for their, like throughout their existence, Torah. He didn't pick a special place to do this magnum revelation. It was not just in a, like a religious way. Exactly, right? not a magical smoky it was just a regular old place we got mm. manifested and gave torah so, and personally mm. right he was personal at a very desert regular place maybe for them like a place where they were asking like what's going to happen now we're at a desert now what's going to happen it was there that god gave them the basically most uh special thing they they have now it's torah just the way you said that, people in regular places asking huge questions. Yeah. Sounds like me living at home during yeah, the pandemic, yeah. asking a lot of questions. Yeah. That could be the moment that God could speak. Yeah. And that's what we see in the scripture. I mean, and God could have waited for them to finish to finish the tabernacle and do it in the tabernacle and be like, no, it was just there. Mm -hmm. Very regular, desert, normal place. Yeah. You were sharing a little bit with me some thoughts from Psalm 77. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was I was reading the Psalms and and this really resonated with me because there's in Psalm 77, Asaph is saying, it's it's kind of praying on his own and meditating on his own and saying, like, God, have you? Like, where are you? You left us alone. Have you forgotten to be merciful? Have you forgotten? God, wake up. And he, he's like, Where is God? What's happening? And then in verse 10, he says, But this is what I will do. I will remember that God, like, I will remember the time when God showed his hand. I will remember the time when God was faithful. I will remember, and when he says that, he starts remembering, uh, mm -hmm. like, from the start, what God did, how God was faithful, how God was, and as he's remembering, the psalm finishes. It's just basically Asaph wrestling with his thoughts, wrestling with, his, with God's abandonment, mm -hmm. and, and God really doesn't show up, but, but what he decides to do is, wait, I know I can see God now, but what I can do is remember when God showed up and he starts listing this, 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 and as he lists, the Psalms ends, the Psalm ends. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. 
because it makes me then think so out of out of this passage in Deuteronomy and even now out of this Psalm 77 mm-hmm. makes me wonder what types of things would God want us at to Granville remember, Chapel right? to yeah. remember. So I one category I, I was thinking was corporate things. And I think that's what you just have mm-hmm. listed in scripture. We need to know that we're collectively in this multi-generation, thousands of year family. Mm-hmm. And so part of our memory yeah. is collective and it's recorded in scripture. What has God done? Well, let's read Exodus. Let's read Let's read the New Testament. Mm-hmm. This is, these are the things God has done in our family, yeah. the Christian family. That was one way. How about others? The other one, is uh, remember your personal mm. experiences with God. And, and some of the personal stuff we felt from God goes beyond language, right? And sometimes because we cannot put it in words, we discredit them or we mm. don't tell them or we don't count them as, as official, as real, because it was a feeling, it was a sense, it was, I felt something, cannot explain it, cannot put it into words. So it doesn't count. It doesn't really count because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't something written. It wasn't something God said, said to my ear. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. God, it's just like what happened at Sinai. They didn't get it. It was just an impression. It was fear. It was something that was like awesome. They couldn't put it in the words. But God tells them, remember that. Remember the, the feeling, the smoke, the thunder. Because that's really special because we as humans understand much more than what language can, than, than what we logically can. We have mm. with different, different uh, uh, ways of understanding, and those definitely count. The, 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 j- just because we cannot put it in the words doesn't mean we didn't understand. Mm. So, so to the point is, remember your experiences with God. All of them, yeah. the ones you can put in the words and the ones you can't put yeah. in the words. Yeah, take them seriously, right? Yeah, definitely. It made me think of a time not too long ago of, um, I think a time when this happened, but it totally surprised me. I was in a regular mm-hmm. place, I was in my car. I had just mm-hmm. dropped kids off at a lesson. And like many people could resonate with, maybe things weren't completely happy at home. We, there'd been mm-hmm. some kind of argument and I think we were probably in a bit of a stressful season. That mm-hmm. happens. And I was mulling over what I was stressed and worried and maybe replies I might give when I got back home. And this thought just came into my mind. It was a lyric of a song and it was the kindness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think it's from a worship song. I don't listen to a ton of worship songs, but the kindness of Jesus. And it's like, I felt the presence mm-hmm. and all those re- replies, retorts, angry thoughts just melted. And it just wanted me to, made me wanna go home, hug my wife instead and just, the kindness of Jesus. How mm. would I respond if I was soaked in the kindness of Jesus? Uh-huh. That felt to me, like I still think about it now, and this was a while uh-huh. ago, so I can't put all the words, but the feeling of it yeah. drew me somewhere and changed me that day, mm-hmm. probably at a key moment of- Definitely. <laughs> keeping my marriage healthy, keeping our family together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, as we sort of near the end of talking about the scripture part here, what, what are some of the conclusions that we can draw out of Deuteronomy that you feel quite applicable mm. for us here? Yeah, I mean, when we were talking about this, uh, I, I was thinking a lot of Christians, including me, tend to think, you know, God's showing up on a mountain. I, I hear, I see thunders. It's like, how, how, how can I doubt that God is here? I saw it, I trembled, I didn't get it, but 
Everybody saw it. Everybody heard it. It was clear. And in, in, in people tend, and Christians tend to think, if I was there, easy to follow God, right? Yeah. It's just a cloud. You know, we, we follow a, a pillar of, 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 of cloud and a pillar of fire. God was there. It's just clear. Yeah. But I think if, if we use our imagination and we could talk to those guys, and, and because the, the weird thing is none of them make it, made it to the promised land. Right? That's right. Having the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, or they didn't make it. And we're like, oh, those people, they're just they dumb. They wander right? around because like, they didn't get it. I would have yeah. gotten it. Right? That's what we Imagine, think about Imagine, like logical, right? But I think if we talk to them and we tell them what we have today, and we tell them we have the Holy Spirit in us, Yahweh, God in us, they would say, oh, easy. If we had Yahweh in us, the Holy Spirit in us, hmm. Of course we can do, we can, we can go and, and, and be love and, and be merciful and show grace. If yeah. God is in us, psst, easy. So, <laughs> so when, when we use our imagination and, and take, you know, the grass is green on the, on the other side, but, but we have to realize we have God in us and the Holy Spirit in us talking mm-hmm. to us, uh, feeling the peace, feeling his love, feeling his mercy, feeling his forgiveness, feeling his, his embrace. And that's 24 hours every day till the day we die. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what I'm wondering as we come out of the pandemic. Is that is that where we live? Have people, do we as this church, and do we embrace that mystery of like, mm-hmm. we have God with us. The world may be crumbling, falling apart. We have God mm-hmm. with us. His story says that history finishes in his hand. He, mm-hmm. We have got this God with us. I wonder if that's... I think that's the invitation. Are we tapping into God's mm-hmm. presence in that life-giving way that you've just explained? Mm-hmm. So then we, I don't know, chatting, I think we had some ideas, like what could people, what could be people's homework to remember, like mm-hmm. the scripture says, what could people do? So one that I thought maybe as, a, as, like as an easy, like level one, this is level one stuff, get old fashioned, get out a, mm-hmm. a journal, probably a paper journal, because as you write on paper, there's something connecting yeah, with your memory, right? Definitely. Write some things down. What has God done in your past? Uh, and what have you remembered in scripture? Those sort of corporate and personal, just mm-hmm. journal it. Yeah. What else? And then one, one, one thing we were thinking together is uh, because of physicality, the way we remember it's, it's different and it gets sealed in our, in our hearts and our minds differently. So we were thinking about Physical things we can do in order to remember. Besides writing, mm. uh, we we could. It was it was, it, it was actually a good idea. We could even pl- like remember what God did and plant a flower, plant right. a plant, and have it there with us as it grows, as a reminder of what God did, what God said, and we have a, a plant that that reminds us every day of 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 the mercy of God and when God showed up mm-hmm. and when God said this. Because sometimes we need that all the time, or or we can include uh, like when you're a jogger, when people jog. You can just like pray, and when when you feel God, and when you're reminded of God, just make a a small altar of rocks mm. in the moment yeah. God said something, or, or God, you were reminded of something. Yeah. Just a small altar of rocks, and just because you're you're gonna feel a little bit ridiculous doing that. Yeah, yeah. Just by feeling ridiculous, you're gonna remember. You're gonna yeah. remember the day when you decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this with a pile of rocks with an altar. You'll remember that for sure, because yeah. people might be like, "What the? What is he doing?" Just by doing that, you'll remember. <laughs> the thing is, remembering 
remembering the presence of God, remembering uh, how God speaks. And, and yeah, it's so easy to forget. So we need yeah. those. We need those to do these extra things, steps. Right? Yeah. 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 So good. Um, so to sort of cap it off here, I liked some of the questions Andy asked mm -hmm. last week. And so I wanted to ask you, Octavio, through this pandemic, what lessons has God been teaching you? And what do you think you need to hold on to as we oh, go man. into the new world? Yeah, this pandemic has been rough on so many levels. It, it's not just we're on a lockdown. It's not just sickness. So many things, like in life, right? They, everything happens. Yeah. But then you have a pandemic and things in life keep happening and they just overlap and it just becomes the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. So in this pandemic, I, I learned that I, it, it changed my prayer. I learned that I had to, just as a lifeline, be 100% real with God. Mm. Th that means not sanitizing what I say to God, not sanitizing even my language, because words mean something, like uh, they uh, free feelings you have in, 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 mm. in, in your chest, but sometimes when, when we sanitize the language, the feelings just don't come out. And yep. some feelings are like anger and, and, and frustration. They're waiting to come out and just your language is like a cap that just won't let them right, come out because right, right. you're being so nice. You're being too nice. Like, like afraid you're going to scare God away. Like God is going to get offended. He's going to fly, right? Fly out of the room because you just said the F word. Or you just said, like, just raise your voice. You're like, I just yeah. raised my voice to God. Like, I, I can't do that. Yeah. I just learned that you have to be 100% unsanitized, real with God. Yeah. And that it's God we're talking about. It's not a three-year-old three uh, three uh, lady, right? It's, it's, it's not a, a really tiny creature that's like, it's not that it's yeah. God. He can take our anger. He can take our feelings. He can take, and that's, that has, uh, uh, that's been life-giving, 100% yeah, life-giving. I mean, we see that in the Psalms. Yeah. That's what the Psalms are. But I think, again, yeah. even there, we sanitize. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you being really real. Yeah. So when I think of the same question, I, uh, well, one thing I started doing in the pandemic was running. Mm -hmm. And I think as I was reflecting on it, I think I just needed physical space. I needed to move because inside I was going a little nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, what is my job? What does a pastor even do? I'm around my kids and family. Like, am I the right kind of person? Mm -hmm. Like so many like existential questions that I found physical, like sweating, breathing, running, mm -hmm. calmed me. Mm -hmm. And it, it gave me spaces to yeah, pick up a rock once in a while and say, uh -huh. like, God, you're with me. Uh -huh. See the bird in the tree yeah. and say, the world is still right. I, I see you up here, even though at home or on the internet, whatever world seems like it's falling mm -hmm. apart. So I, that's one thing I want to do. I want to keep using my whole self to meet the whole God and to become mm -hmm. my true self just more and more. Like it's mm -hmm. deepened me. I want to keep doing that. Yeah. And I think when it's I think good. corporately here at church, for example, in youth group, young adults, I want to find more ways to help people authentically meet God. Mm -hmm. If we've been sanitizing or pretending, mm -hmm. I'm kind of done with that. I yeah. want real. And I think the world, I think we all want real. The world wants real. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to look far to see that the word church right now, not cool. Mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't look right. So like, yeah. what is the church, right? Smell like fake yeah, yeah everybody is it pretending. the aroma of christ yeah. or is it fake and is it even worse than fake has yeah. it been harmful yeah tragic 
Uh, so let's be different. So is there, are there different ways we need to meet, different mm-hmm. gatherings we need to have, different prayer practices? So for me, that that's what I'm really thinking about is that, like you said, being real and helping others to be real. Yeah. So as we as we wrap up, after we've said a lot of words here, I, I just, I find myself really longing to, for me, to live my whole life in God's whole presence mm-hmm. and to help others do that. And I think when Jesus says, you know, I go away to prepare a place for you, it's the presence of God. Mm-hmm. He goes away and sends his spirit back. That's our home. We live yeah. in the presence of God. Um, but I think so many times we're, we're asleep to that presence. Mm-hmm. We're asleep to even being our real selves. We're sanitizing, we're pretending. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a season to wake up and remember yeah. personally, remember collectively who God is, what he's been to yeah. us, and then yeah. walk into that future yeah. with him. Let me say this last thing before we end. I was thinking this afternoon. Uh, how, many, how many things happened, Old Testament and with Jesus, that, w- that were directly linked to the tabernacle, to, to, the, to the temple? Not many. Mm. How, like all of the miracles and stories and teachings of Jesus happened on a hill, on the street, here at there, the lake at the lake they they seldom happen at the mm, temple they the seldom market. happen like, like e- e- even with israel it happened at a battle it happened like it happened everywhere and you know sometimes at a temple there was some story some it seldom happened yeah. be- because and that is life yeah that, that is that is life for us we, we tend to think that no 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 where god's gonna talk to me is inside the temple where mm-hmm. god's going to show up it's inside the temple yeah. when i'm going to get my answer it's inside the temple where, I'm, where god's going to heal me it's got to be inside the temple but if we read the story that seldom mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. it happens on every in the road on your bed at work at it's there with things when when god like it's active all yeah. the time and when we encounter god that that happened with with paul it happened with everybody but we want to be in that magical special place that you know God is. I think He likes a temple. He, he likes to show up in the temple. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's like I don't know where we got that. It's more sanitized, more holy. I want to show. Yeah. No, like it doesn't happen in the Bible. Yeah. So I think if we open our eyes to the way God works every day, washing dishes, like he, He's showing up everywhere, and if we get that idea from our heads that I need to be in a temple for God to say something to me. It's gonna revolutionize our Christianity mm. when we're not looking for a temple. When we're looking uh, for God everywhere and all the time, that's just gonna just revolutionize our life and Christianity and, and church and the whole the whole thing. And then we'll see God and help others see God in their yeah. regular spaces yeah, too, yeah. right? Yeah. I think all we can say is Amen. Amen. Yes. I hope that is true, and for everyone listening in, and uh, it's been awesome chatting with you. Great conversation with you, Mike Bennett. Octavio, I'm not going to try your whole name. (laughs) Have a great week. Have a great week, man. Okay, see ya.